Hi, this is Russ Taft. Hi, this is John Oliphanty. Hi, this is John Schlipper Petra. Hi, this is Kim Boyce. Hey, everybody, Stephen Curtis Chapman here, and you are listening to Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Hi, I'm Jason Huddle, host of Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Before we get into this week's program, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for downloading this episode and giving us a listen. If you really like what you hear, we'd love to have your support. How can you do that, you say? Well, I'm glad you asked. Simply visit patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast and become a monthly sponsor. Now you can do that for as little as two measly dollars per month, or you can go higher and get special perks like advanced access to episodes when available, the opportunity to submit questions I will ask our artists on future episodes, and even your very own Jesus Freaks t-shirt. Again, that's patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And hey, if you'd like your business or organization to become a sponsor of this program, let us know by visiting our website, JesusFreaksPodcast.com, and click on the Become a Sponsor link at the bottom of the page. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, this is Russ Lee with New Song, and you're listening to Jesus Freaks, Vinyl to Digital. Previously on Jesus Freaks, Vinyl to Digital. I'll be honest with you, I was almost uh, pretty much of an agnostic when I got in that group because I grew up around God, I love, I believed in God, and I thought, these people that love God so much and love each other so much, why is this so hard? And God did an amazing thing in the life of my family that only He could do. We began our conversation with Mark and Bryn Gershmel. Mark, one of the founding members of Whiteheart, and Bryn, the former keyboardist of the all-female rock group Rachel Rachel. We talked about their respective careers and how they found each other. In this mid-season finale, Mark and Bryn will talk about the end of their time with their respective bands. And I said to him, I said, so this could be the last time. We don't have anything booked. How do you feel about that? I just want to be sensitive to the situation with him. And he said, I wonder if there's any college football still on at the room back at the <laughs> Plus, Mark goes deep. There are over seven billion people on this planet, and there isn't anybody that has the same DNA. So why are you here? Every one of your listeners, why, you know, Jason, why are you here? You know, why am I here? And you want to stick around to the end of the program when we'll be previewing an unreleased track from Mark and Bryn's new project, Soul Breather. That's all coming up right now on Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital, a preferred podcast of Way FM and part of the new release today podcast network. I'm your host, Jason Huddle. a little bit when when rachel rachel disbanded which i guess was about uh about a year after you guys um, got married or around that time um was that something that was a difficult time for you or were you kind of ready for it to be over tell me about it from your perspective 
we were all ready to be done. It was really a blessing. There were some really fun times, really wonderful to see what the Lord uh, did in the lives of those who came to our concerts. And then, you know, sometimes you look around and you're like, wow, God used me to affect that person so much. And, and you, you know, and you'll never know all the, that's funny. That's a Rachel Rachel song. Um, (laughs) You'll never know all the things that were um, done by the Holy spirit because you leave town that night after the the concert. So, but, you know, touring as an opening band in Christian music um, is not exactly lucrative, very, very hard financially, but, you know, willing to give up everything just to have that experience and to be used by God in that way. But um, we had our own motorhome that we purchased we did not have the funds to rent a bus, didn't, or if we, we didn't want to do debt, you know, in that way, we, we tried to be really smart business people you in were that smart. way. You yeah, were very smart. we really were. I mean, it wasn't because of me, but it was kind of some of the other girls just Sparky. She was, she was the business head. She and was really good. We all had our assignments. I mean, it's kind of interesting to see how women work. Uh, in a band. I mean, we all had what we did. I advanced to all the dates and there was no internet. Right. Um, you did it on the phone and paper and wrote down the directions and the address. And <laughs> there was map map quest. I mean, there was no, uh, I guess there was internet. There, there was, was internet. Was there wasn't, a, um, it was in you, you, you didn't have phones. I mean, if you were out on the road, you didn't have it, there were, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, you did map quest for every single date and how to get from one to the next. There's a lot of planning and a lot of work. And, um, you know, the girls on the second half of the tour, some of them weren't feeling well and it, it just got to be really hard. And in all honesty, we really just weren't getting along very well toward the end. Mm-hmm. And all has been forgiven and forgotten, at least in my. I'm, uh, yeah, I think you need to be fair to yourself. You were there. They were on. They were on the upswing. They were selling more records. The second record sold more than the first one sold well. Yeah. So it wasn't like that they were fading or they weren't being well received. No, they were being very well received. And what was really interesting about that band is they were all very competent players, but what they did vocally, night after night after night, they were on every night and, and the interesting thing was when you think about you know as being a, a music producer or just being a music listener you think all right so you've got this lead singer who is cheryl is a ridiculous oh, singer so I mean, she good. is a ridiculous so good, yeah. singer. so good i mean can do anything from jazz standards to just belting out i mean but just an amazing gift and the the guitar player helly had this smoky Bonnie Raitt kind of voice, not not anything like Cheryl's voice. And Bryn, who now we have her doing something a little bit different, but she could she could cover that high stuff. This you know the third part of the, the classic three part harmony of the eighties yeah. and early nineties, you know where, where where that you get that extra harmonic that that just hits a mic and just explodes to bring so much life to it. Yeah. Those three voices together would seem improbable if you heard them independently. But they worked hard in their blend. And boy, they delivered night after night after night. I was very impressed by what all of them did as a band. So, yeah. And when you're when you're coming from California like they did, you get across the Rockies. You got to be out there. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, financially, even for us, the opposite is true. Is when we would 
go on tour. And I can remember one tour we did, uh, we called it the Noah's Ark tour because it was 40 days and 40 nights of touring. So once you get across the Rockies, you're, you're committed to being out there just, yeah. you know, date wise financially. So kudos to them for being so smart and about how they put it, everything together. Kudos for them for being good night after night after night, but understandable how at the end of, of a pretty much a whole year of touring, how they could all be tired and want to go home at the end. I mean, cause it's literally you're, you're out for three and a half months. You, you're not going home and you're all living together in a 29 foot motor. Yeah, no, the- but was it hard? Was like your original question. Um, I think it was time. And I think that, um, you know, people are like, your record deal, you know, it's so hard to get a record deal. Why would you give that up? It's like, well, we called our lawyer and asked him to get us out of our contract Wow! because we were done. We just didn't want to do it anymore. I always like to say I broke up the band. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I live in that. You're the Yoko. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, love, I have never heard that. Yeah, and I love that. He sings so much better than she. <laughs> um, Who doesn't? Um, I was going to say, but I was. Uh, yeah. I was but, say, um, but I was. So it, it was, yeah. I wouldn't say that it wasn't hard, but at the same time, I didn't really, I was getting married to the man I loved. I mean, it was like, it was just a, the season was over. And I think in life in general that we would we would do better to understand that there are seasons for things. Sure. And if we embrace the ending of seasons, life would be a little easier. Like <laughs> and luckily, I was just. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I, I heard yeah. that. He did have um, something to say about that. Didn't he? <laughs> but, um, you know, the, it, it it was. It was bittersweet. I'd say yeah. it was what it was. Well, and York had already left the band at that point. Oh, long before, because yeah. she had the opportunity to be the helicopter traffic lady. And we're like, Jenny, you've got to do this. You've got to go do it. Because, I mean, it was, it was money. And Wasn't she, she on the OJ too? I don't remember. I think um, she was in. Well, I know she was on the sky for the Malibu fires and stuff like that. So. <laughs> but, um you know, she struggled greatly with that decision because it was her calling. God gave her the vision. She was the one that, yeah, that went out. There yeah, absolutely. Together. Yeah, we heard yep. that. And, um, and we knew it was going to be darn hard to replace her, too. <laughs> so, But we were like, no. Oh, yeah, she was a go-getter. I, I met her. We played up at King's College north of, wonderful place to play, north of New York City. And, and Jennifer had been working. She worked at Good Morning America for a while. And I think it was WSIX, which is a station on Long Island that she worked for. And she was just uh, so competent in so many things. Mm-hmm. And for someone like that to, to, to say, you know what, I want a band, and you know, I want a band, I want it to be a rock band, I want it to be all Christian women. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and go ahead and try that. Well, well, I guess you did. <laughs> I mean, so that's I mean, I I give her tons of kudos for making that happen. When I'm listening. Voice inside my head, and I'm waiting for something to be said. I know that you're there, I know that you care, so I'm listening. And I cry, my heart's been abused. Tell me why, cause I'm feeling so confused. Need a reason to fall Someone
Well, Gersh, let me turn it to you and ask you sort of the same question because obviously Rachel Rachel was no offense to Bryn, but it was sort of a blip in the Christian music scene, whereas Whiteheart was this iconic band that had, you know, done been around for around 20 years almost. How was that for when you guys decided, yeah, okay, it's it's time to be done? You know, it's interesting because our band was it was unique in so many ways, even from the start. The fact that we were were session players and and producers and writers for other people, you know, staff writers for we were blessed to do a lot of work that, you know, honestly, it's, it was a great privilege to write a song for a Sandy Patty because with that remarkable voice, certainly not the way I sing, to be able to take something that you feel and and think and, and have that wonderful, wonderful singer. Um, do that, for, uh, sing that song. That That's a privilege too. So guys in Whitehair were always able to do a lot of different things. So some of the coming and going might've been misunderstood. It's like, why did they leave the band? It's like, well, those kind of guys, and, I, and I, I'm very humbled and honored to have played with all of them. They're, they're, these, we had wonderful, wonderful musicians and they were always in demand to do a, a lot of things. And so um, it's not that they I think that every one of them enjoyed their time in the band. And but but there were always things to do this. You know, as she said earlier, there's seasons and some people moved on. I think that it got to the end for us is where we we were we were so blessed for so long to uh, serve the Lord and so on. But I, I remember. One night for me, <clears throat> we were in Canada playing these beautiful Jubilee halls they have up there. I think it was in Vancouver. And I always, I always tried to meet with the counselors before and we would have dinner sometimes with them and what's going on in your community. What's, what's been happening. And sometimes like you'd be in Iowa. I remember one place in Iowa specifically where um, there was a lot of drug problems in the community. It was a farming community, but people were coming in and selling people drugs. And it was one of those places that financially didn't make sense for us to be. But we were there and literally at the altar call, two thirds of the people walked forward that night. It was a transcendent thing where, you know, you know who the Lord is and it sure ain't you. And and he just when God does his dance and you are just part of it, it's the most humbling thing in the world. So that was always my thing is I wanted to learn about the community. I want to learn about what what had been going on. Is there was there a need? Was there a. Um, was there a specific thing to address? And I remember being in Vancouver and and it was like, I looked out at the people as I always did. And I thought, because I was the one who spoke mostly from the stage. And I thought, what am I going to say tonight? And I felt like I hadn't done the work. I wasn't prepared and I hadn't done what I'd always done. I didn't care enough the the same way. It was, I think I just was tired that day, but I felt like, gosh, is this a warning sign for me? And it was it ended up being a wonderful night, but because that's the way God works in spite of us. <laughs> you know, there's so many times when I didn't play all that well in my mind or didn't speak all that well. And gosh, look what the Lord did that night. You know, it's like it's his way to remind me it never was about you, pal. Um, <laughs> and, but we got to the place where I think we were just exhausted and Rick had been through a really, really difficult divorce of, of not of his own choosing. And he was coming out of that and, and he brought everything before his, his church. It was just a, a really, really hard time. And he, uh, I think he was looking then for the next stage of his life. He had just, you know, been around Lisa and, and, 
and who his current wife, and they're wonderfully, wonderfully married and just great, great together. And But I remember we were playing in San Jose at Six Flags, and, and we had made no effort to um, try to book another tour after that. And, you know, things were still going well enough, but... I remember he and I were roommates on the road. And so we're, we're just the last two out of the, out of the, cause we were always talk to people, uh, probably the longest of everybody just, um, and we came back in the dressing room, we're packing up our stuff. And I, and I said to him, I said, so, you know, I wonder if this is, you know, this could be the last time we don't have anything booked. How do you feel about that? I just want to be sensitive to the situation with him. And he said, I wonder if there's any college football still on at the room back at the hall. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my answer. <laughs> yes. You know what? He's exhausted. And I think he just wants to go watch college football. I, and that was to me, uh, just another sign. You say, you know what? This has been a wonderful run. And uh, I'm so privileged and honored to have been with such great musicians who love the Lord so much in to be able to travel. I always felt like we got back way more than we ever gave. And, um, but it was time. It was time. It's like she said. And so uh, I think that the peril in life is also when, when seasons uh, that we're afraid to close or when the signs are that they're closing, that makes the next beginning that much harder. What is the Lord saying in your life now, your listeners? Is there, are you at that fulcrum? This whole world's been in a fulcrum for a year and a half. And maybe there's something exquisite, wonderful, different that you're going to be called to do now in this next phase of your life. God's called you a different place. God's called you to, to you and your wife to, to lead your family a different way. Or maybe there's another career or something, you know, some act of service that you're supposed to do. Um, I just invite all your listeners to, to listen to their own heart because he is the, he is the maker of the seasons. He is the changer of the seasons, and he will prepare us for the next one. Amen.
huge seasonal change personally in my life that I will attest to that. That's a big thing for me, for mm-hmm. sure. So, uh, but just because Whiteheart and Rachel Rachel ended, you guys certainly aren't done. Um, tell us about Soul Breather. Well, let's see. We always figured that, um, I, I think, actually, it's more not just that we figured, but that we felt like God wanted us to do something musically together. But, you know, we had our own lives and and then we we had a son to raise and, yeah, you know, all, all of these things. And so we kind of I think, you know, how God will call you to do something and you kind of ignore him for a long time. <laughs> Surely I'm not the only one. I think that we did that. Um, but then um, I I never really was a good co-writer in Rachel Rachel. I wrote all the words and all the music myself. It was my cathartic thing. Not every song, but mo- but the a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I ended up, you know, doing some contributing in in yeah, Cheryl in wrote it. some too. Cheryl's a bit. No, I meant the songs that I was a part of. Right. I wrote by myself. Yeah, that's one. So Gersh has taught me how to be a co-writer. because uh, we're both pretty good songwriters, so we battle it out in our ideas. In our- <laughs> oh, I always say, I always say, you know, I've been privileged to do some songwriting seminars for different things over the years. And I always say, uh, kind of make a point of if we're in a room of 200 people and I'll find out, Bob, I said, Bob, what's your name? Is your name Bob? Bob, Bob, Bob up there. Bob, everybody turn around and say hi to Bob. And Bob, I want you to do something. Uh, and I had them go up and I said, Bob, close the door. And Bob does close the door. And I say, so guess what? This room just became the safest place in all America. Because songwriting is a vulnerable art. It just is. And and you're saying, this is what's important to me. This is what I think. This is what I feel. What do you think? And so, and and it needs to be, you should be free to say anything because what I found is it's like so many times I will say the stupidest thing or it's like, what about this idea? And, or, or somebody will play something or, or say a line. It's like, well, you know what? I don't, I, I'm not sure about the rest of it. What is that thing at the very end that you were saying? And just in that there might be in the kernel of what that last little piece is a kernel of greatness. So you, a lot of times you just, um, if a person feels free and they know they're respected, it's going to change the dynamic in the room. And that's just what I feel, especially is even for worship, you know, for a lot of your listeners that may be on a worship team, I believe the worship team should be the best small group in every church, which unlocks the door of the heart, unlike anything else. But guess what the flip side of that is? We all, who somebody wants to sing the solo or doesn't get to, or that person does, and or that song gets used or whatever, or you bring your song in and somebody you know, is it, is it, there it was our first attempt to bring something to the worship leader. You know, it's like, well, we're, we're all doing a very vulnerable thing. What do you think of this guitar solo? What do you know? Right. <laughs> you know, it's, we're wearing our hearts on our sleeves. Yeah. Whether we're writing songs, whether we're playing music, whether we're singing up front, whatever that is, whether we're, we're leading in the room, you know, whatever that might be is, well, this is a great benefit to all of us. If we show the kind of love that Jesus has asked us to do to one another with this great gift of music in our laps, we can do amazing things together. We can be so loving and kind because the music is going to release us closer to his heart and closer to each other's heart. 
So that's what I always feel like when we bring into a songwriting session, it doesn't matter who it is. If you have that kind of respect for one another and heaven knows I am capable of writing bad songs. Oh my gosh, am I capable of writing bad songs? I have a, a whole cooler filled of them. <laughs> uh, but we, I mean, we started, we started writing together and then we realized even though our, our voices are really different, that we actually sing really well together. And um, he, uh, Gersh is such a great, uh, he's a really good producer where he is real capable, so capable of kindly bringing out the best in you in, in like the studio. Um, and he has really helped me become a different singer now than I ever was in Rachel, Rachel, because I think in Rachel, Rachel, those were back in the arena belty, the Def Leppard, let's triple the vocals and do all that. That was the style. Cheryl was a powerful singer. Helly was a powerful singer. And I was not a powerful singer, but yet I had to cover those parts. And I did, and I learned how to do it. But that is not pretty singing. If you, <laughs> if you, if you soloed it, it'd be horrified. It was the right thing. Uh, but it, I mean, it did work and I did do that horrible tone in tune. Uh, but um, I had to sort of come into my own. And I think it's just part of maturing as a musician too. Um, there were so many singers, young singers, and they kind of all sound the same, many of them these days, because they're trying to sound like someone who we don't really know who that is. But um, uh, it's like, I had to find out, well, what do I, who am I vocally? Not the one that has to fit in with the Rachel vocals. Who, who, God, God, what did you make my voice to sound like? And Mark has been really great at helping me do that and figure that out. And that's really what part of Soul Breather is. So we call ourselves ambient indie folk rock which is really hard. It's ambient because of all the keyboard textures that he's so famous for and so great at constructing. I mean, he's just a master at it. He does not use a stock sound. It just doesn't happen. Um, hours and hours go into every sound to be programmed. With the acoustic guitar, It's it brings in more of a folk element, but it's definitely got a bit of a rock edge to it and an indie kind of sound. Why don't you tell them the story of how you came up with the name, Soul Breather? We were going to go to see a, a new church that we were going to try. And um, I woke up and she was gone. <laughs> he didn't like, get up. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a light sleeper for, for some reason. She was gone and I, there I was. And it's like, at first I was, I was uh, a little, honestly, a little miffed. And so... Um, I, I came into this room, which is, uh, my, uh, I have my chair where I have my quiet time. And so I thought, well, all right, I might as well just have some devotion. So I opened up my Bible and opened up the Genesis, which is rare. Yeah, and I thought, well, I guess I'll read in Genesis. And it was a spring morning. And interestingly, it was, is that, that time of spring when the leaves are all that fragile, you know, yellowish green, and they're just, um, they just look, so delicate. And anyway, so I'm reading a Genesis and I read about it. The earth was formed with, you know, was, uh, was, uh, formless and void. And, 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 and the spirit of God moved upon the breathe upon the face of the waters. The, 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 the Hebrew word is Ruach, you know, the breath of God moved across. And, and then I, I just, 
I started to feel something I'd never felt before. And I pressed on and then it, I got to Genesis 2, 7 and, you know, Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathing his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living thing. And at the same moment, there was on these walls, the light coming through the wind started to shake the trees and, and the light came through those leaves and it was like a dancing choreography. It was like a parchment colored courier and Ives in this room. And it was like, I, I literally felt the breath of God. And I felt, I said out loud, I said, you are the soul breather. I am watching the breath of God. That's what it felt like to me. The creator of everything was moving that, the one who moved across the face of the deep, the one who moved and breathed life into my heart was in this room. I was watching him paint my walls and I, the word soul breather came out and I was like, well, that's what he is. And, and so it's another name for him. We're soul breather little s. Like there's a Christian, there's a Christ with a big C, sure. and we're Christians. And well, we have no doubt who the soul breather is, but I have this thing in my in my folders on my computer. It's from the US Census. And if you go to that page, us.gov, the census page, it has a rolling barrel um, thing that is the world's population. And I look for it from time to time because there are over 7 billion people on this planet and there isn't anybody that has the same DNA. So why are you here? Every one of your listeners, why, you know, Jason, why are you here? You know, why am I here? There is a unique plan for every one of us. And you say, well, what about identical twins? I did that research too. There are some forensic things, <laughs> even down the gen genome list, far down and even in identical twins, they're not identical. So there's only one you. There's only one you and you're here for a reason. A loving God puts you here for a reason. So it's our great joy to sing songs about him that hopefully help people realize what a gift they are, what a gift the life in them is, and how they can take that gift and give it to somebody else for the glory of God and the good of his people. At this point in our lives, we just can't think of any higher honor than that, just to help people realize what their gifts are and release it to the world. back to the second part of our interview with Mark and Bryn Gershmill in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about New Hope Worship Center. You see, sometimes life can leave you with more questions than answers, and that's why things like truth, friendship, and hope are so important. I want to invite you to join New Hope Worship Center online to help you find the answers to life's biggest questions. 
They have live streaming services every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Eastern Time on the New Hope Worship Center YouTube channel. And there you'll receive the word, have the opportunity to worship and pray. You can also watch services at your convenience at newhopewc.org. And if you just need to talk with someone, please call 704-786-0155, and they would love to help you. Also, don't forget New Hope Worship Center's brand new podcast. It's called Authentic Conversations, and it is available on Spotify. And now the conclusion of our interview with Mark and Brandon Gershman. So this is coming out next, early next year. Is that right? 2022? Well, our third album is. Yes. Um, it's actually, well, we don't really have a release date, which is really yeah, it'll, horrible. It'll be. Um, I think it's going to come out before Christmas, actually. Yeah, yeah, Probably yeah. December 1st. But don't hold me to a date because <laughs> you don't really know. I might leak out some singles. We have, um, we've been working on it year, since a year ago, July. So um, we keep changing songs, adding songs. Writing yeah. Songs. And, um, you know, we're doing it ourselves. There's no band to sit down and knock things out. And so doing it ourselves means mostly Gersh doing it. He, <laughs> Which is he kind knows. of like a kid in a candy store, right? Uh, yes. And <laughs> as you well know, because <laughs> you're a keyboard player, too. <laughs> so, you know, I'm really um, I am just so proud of him. He's had to learn how I mean, he's had the best engineers, you know, in music to work with his whole life. And um, it's come down to, you know, he's had to learn how to be an engineer now, which is like learning a new instrument completely. Sure. And um you know, he knows what it needs to sound like from a, a sonic perspective, but it's like, well, how do you how do you do that, though? How do you make that happen? That's an engineer's job. Well, he's figured out so much. And I think that this record is sounding so, so good. And um, I know a lot of people. um they either just like good songs, and so they they were White Heart and Rachel Rachel fans, and they're Soul Brother fans, which is a totally different style of music. <laughs> and or they're like, oh man, I I like I just like hard rock, or I just like it's like, well, that's awesome. We loved that at that time in our lives as well. But this is what we feel called to do now. We don't want. I don't want to do that anymore. It was so much fun. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, and I and I love it too. I. I I had an acute viral infection in my inner ear. I ended up going, having MRIs for brain tumors and things like that. I was so nauseated. Uh, I thought I was never going to play another note of music. I just, I, I, I thought it was over. And I got with a tremendous guy from Vanderbilt University, one of the top three neuroacoustic surgeons in the world. They tried some more revolutionary things on me, none of which worked. So to let you know, so if you talked talk to me at that point in time, and when I listened to the dial tone on the phone, it was a C in one ear and an E in the other ear. Oh, wow. It was crazy. So, but, and, and I will say this, she always tells me that I need to learn to pray for myself because I pray for other people and I, and she's right. I don't 
pray enough for myself, but my mother and my sister prayed every day for me for months. And I went back to this audiologist after they said, you know, there's really no more we could do for you. This is a changing field. We never know when something may happen. And so I went back um, another six months after and the woman who was so kind to me, oh my gosh, you get to that level of care. Those people are remarkable. And, but she uh, said, you know what? I just, I see improvement in three areas that we never see. And I wanted to say, well, I can tell you um, how that happened. You know, I've been healed by a gracious God. And I, but for a lot of that, I, I, um, I have to be very careful about sound pressure levels. I just have to. So as much as I love the whole rock experience, I got to be careful of that. And I have a dear and wonderful friend, Richie Biggs, who, oh my gosh, Richie, go through your albums. You're going to find Richie Biggs on, on engineering on so many of them. Jeff Baldwin before him. I mean, just, I was privileged to sit next to some of the greatest engineers in the world. Clearly. I mean, they were so gifted. They made us sound so much better than we were. I mean, they're so gifted, which has been a theme of Whiteheart. We had crazy great people helping us out. I mean, that have gone on to amazing things, you know, in, in the visual part of it, in the stage setting part of it. I mean, crazy great. Richie Biggs was so kind to me. And when I was starting to learn then, you know, because the music world has blown up from, <laughs> you know, from the Napster days, the entire record industry in its, in its old sense has collapsed, you know, and so it's a whole new way of making music, of marketing music and getting your name out there. And it's given a lot of people opportunity, but it's, um, you know, it's, you know, you have to learn some things you didn't know to do before. And Richie, who is a fabulous engineer, was the engineer on a number of Whiteheart records. Only guy I've ever seen in the hall, he could make it sound great in the hall. In the studio, he makes it great. Only guy I've ever seen that did both equally well. Uh, but he was so kind to me and remains so kind to me. We talk all the time and I'll play him. What about this? And he says, no, you're getting there. You know, that sounds that sounds good. You know, here's an idea to do something else. And he's so free with his information. And he is. Uh, I've been to the school of Richie Biggs and, and, and I look a lot, too, but but. Yeah, I'm trying to get the engineering to be the level so that I hear <laughs> coming out of the speakers what I hear in my head. Nice. And then the music we do in Soul Breather, especially this record we're working on right now. Um, you know, I, I have this issue. And if this offends people, sorry, it's kind of not unusual for me. Um, <laughs> I am from California. But worship is not a musical style. It's been hijacked as one, you know, people say, oh, that's worship music. It's like, well, that's not a musical style. It's worship is something we do uh, in, in more than just music. But if it's if we're talking about music, we worship God through through our music. And um, the music we do is very worshipful, but it's not meant to be replicated by a church band. It's it's too complicated. It's it's too uh, I mean, we have trouble replicating it, you know, um, but, you know, it but it's it's meant to bring people into a place where they feel the presence of God. They're driving in their car. Um, You know, people tell us all the time, oh, gosh, your music just brings me so much peace and and um, such a calmness. And it's just, you know. I love that. I love that the Holy Spirit is there 
bringing peace through the music that we're doing. And, um, you know, it, so it isn't full of a bunch of electric guitars and stuff anymore, but hopefully people will, you know, they'll like it because, you know, they, they're just wanting to connect with God. And sometimes we do it in rock and roll. And sometimes, you know, you just need to chill and be still before the Lord. And that's a little bit more where we are these days musically. Well, you know, Picasso had his blue period and then he had his Cubist period and Michelangelo was chip and stone. He was 88 years old when he died. I mean, I think it's the, the quest of art is to constantly, you know, I always think of it's a grand collision between your gifts and the time in which you live. And, uh, and so you work out your faith in a song if you're a Christian musician. And sometimes that comes out differently. I've played a lot of different trombone. I played everything from Dixieland band to symphony orchestras, you know, and I, it informed, you know, being a Lutheran, growing up in the Lutheran church, choirs informed me, space, sitting in an orchestra, how things happen around you, you know, the, the vastness of that canvas and the beauty of all those different instruments influences the way I hear things. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners, too, is they may, if they're musicians, you know, where are you, where are you sat on a stage <laughs> in high school, in your high school band, string, you know, string orchestra, wherever, in, you know, in your rock band. Where you were in that band changes how you hear music, you know, sure. and and so what happened in your day changes how you hear music. So if you're in your car and I always feel what an enormous privilege has always been in the days of CDs when somebody would have the best or worst day of their life and they're riding home at 530 at night and they put your CD in and they're listening to Whiteheart and you get the privilege of being in the front seat with them. You know, I will always be grateful for that opportunity. Uh, I don't take it lightly. And so now we're doing a bit of the same. It's just a little different lang different musical language. And, hey, we've had a wonderful son. He's married now. Life has changed. I think she's more beautiful than she's ever been. I want to write about some of that stuff. He must yeah. like wrinkles. <laughs> oh, God, you are such a goof. You are such a goof. Oh. So you're getting ready to come out with this new project, hopefully before Christmas. Right, Bren. So. <laughs> <laughs> Crack that whip. <laughs> hey, that's what we do. <laughs> Fans, we want more. We, oh, I'm saying she's cracking the whip off of me. <laughs> <laughs> she's wanting me to get in gear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, we are thrilled to be able to, for our listeners, give them a preview of what's to come on this new album. And so I would love for you guys to set up this track. Well, this, this is one of my favorite songs. Um, it's called revelation and um, Gersh actually wrote this. I didn't write on it at all many years ago. And he did, uh, we did a track on it and um, I have it in my iTunes and I, you know, sometimes it comes along when I'm in the car and I'm like, this is, just such a great song is just so anointed. I always feel the presence of God when I, when I hear this song. And so we're, we're picking songs for this record. I mean, we didn't sit down and pick them all. They just sort of happen as we go. So he listens to the track and tell him what you thought. Projectile vomiting is a strong word. <laughs> um, um, it so was not bad. I, I, it, it, the, uh, I was a lousy engineer. 
<laughs> it sounded bad to me. I was just, it just wasn't good. And so mm-hmm. she said, I, nobody will care about that. And she's right. We played, she played it at, for some friends before and they all love the song. I mean, and, his, his standards are ridiculous. Okay. Uh, well, no, but, but I think I even, I've been, a lot of songs I've been writing these days, I write when I run. It just happens without a keyboard or whatever. It just it gets in my head and, and I'll come back in the house and I'll sit in front of the keyboard and I'll, and I'll start to play it. And it's like, and it can't be words and music. And it's like, I'm not sure what you were smoking out there. Maybe there was something from a tailpipe of a very bad car and you just hallucinated and you thought this was good. Uh, but other times it came out and that, I think that was when I, I'm trying to remember, I think. I wrote that running, but I saw what she was saying and I do, we just need to redo it. And since I I'm gotten to be a much better engineer, plus, you know, the sonic canvas changed different instruments coming into my being. And I, I just felt like I could pull it off better. She sang this song so well, Thank just, you. just nailed it. Um, uh, and so. Yeah, I, I love singing it. There are cer- certain songs that just are more in your wheelhouse than others. And um, everything from like my heart and and the spirit of it is just so what I live for, you know, and then vocally, just placement wise, it's it's really good. So it's a worship song. And I was saying earlier that that doesn't mean that it's meant to be done at church by a church band. It's a worship song. They could do that one. Uh, oh, yeah. That'd be hard. Because are you saying that church bands aren't capable of playing anything besides four, four. No, no. <laughs> no, it's it's just, it's a different Three thing points. though. Where Wait till you hear it. You'll see what I mean. Well, but, but, but some things, um, and I don't mean that at all. I think there's some wonderful, wonderful worship music out there. So many musicians now are flooding on to be on the worship team. There are a lot of really, really good ones across the world. You know, so what a wonderful thing to, to see that level coming up. But not everybody's going to do the hallelujah course. I remember when my mother, who was a conservatory graduate on piano and, and a marvelous pipe organ player, you know, not everybody's going to be able to sing the hallelujah course. A great choir will, but not everyone. But I remember my mother's feet playing da, 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 da. Well, it's like you try your feet to do that on the pedal board of a pipe organ. You know, not everybody is going to be able to pull that off. And but sometimes it's it's not really a matter of of necessarily a specific part. It's the grand design. You know, where there's things coming in and out, and how many keyboard players are you going to need to pull that off in the right way or you know it's 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 not in in any way shape or form a demeaning statement she's saying it's no, just, I don't just mean not that geared for that mm-hmm. now have we all rejoiced and worship with hallelujah of course i would say yeah uh but and there's another one the trumpet shall sound which is a d trumpet you know uh, uh b flat it's not a b the standard b flat trumpet it's not even the weird c trumpet it's a d trumpet you know so i mean so it's it's not everybody's going to be able to pull that you know the trumpet will shall sound but boy is it glorious and and we're not saying that we've made something glorious oh my gosh it's like that i mean well i, I, I mean i hope that, that people i hope that people can listen to the song and really just enter into the presence of god and um how much he loves them and their love for him. And if it's we, just a yeah, connection if, there. If, if there was ever a time 
in the world when we need a fresh revelation of his spirit. Boy, I need that. You know, I need that every day. I just, I, uh, in whom we live and move and have our being, I would like to live and move in that spirit of God. You know, where he says, I, I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. You know? Amen. And on that, let's take a listen to Revelation from Soul Breather. Yeah. 
incredible track. Bryn and Mark Gershmel, thank you so much for spending so much time with us on Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. You guys are both treasures to CCM Music and to the Christian faith. Thank you so much for everything you've done. Thank you for having us. We appreciate what you're doing because you're providing a valuable service to people who uh, loved a lot of music and and you're bringing back a lot of the reasons why and helping people understand who made that music and the, the motivations behind it. So thank you for what you do. Absolutely. That's our mission, my friend. I'd like to thank Mark and Bryn Gershmel. They spent so much time with me that I had to make this a two-parter, but it worked out great. And I really appreciated the conversation that we had. I wish I could have shared with you everything we talked about. There was probably another hour of conversation that we had that just I didn't have room for. But that does conclude the mid-season finale of Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital. We will be back after the new year with some more interviews from awesome artists and conclude season three. And then we'll talk about season four and beyond. Thank you so much for your support. We've been receiving more and more Patreon supporters, and we could really use your help to keep this podcast going. Just go to patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks podcast and check out the ways you can support this program if you feel led. Don't forget, you can always check out our website also at JesusFreaksPodcast.com. So until 2022, thank you for listening to Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital. It is produced and hosted by yours truly, Jason Huddle, with special thanks to research assistant Kevin Jewell. We are a preferred podcast of WayFM and part of the NewReleaseToday.com podcast network. I leave you now with this classic from Whiteheart off the Powerhouse album, This is Desert Rose. Until next year, God bless. Lost in windswept land In the world of shifting sand A fragile flower stands apart There in that barren ground I feel like the
Love you for the things you do.